Every day, people like you are making the decision to start their own business. During this process, there are any number of questions that may come up. On Entrepreneur's Think Tank, we dive deep into the minds of those who have done it before. Learn from their journey as you work to build your empire. Here's your host, Nicole Henderson. As I think back on these conversations, I can't help but think about the many similarities that we all face as we move through the journey of entrepreneurship. As mompreneurs, I think that rings even more true. Yes, it's a juggling act that is not easy, but it's well worth it in the end. No one's journey is the same, but as moms, we ultimately have very similar goals, and that is to set our children up to be better off than we were. For those of you that have ideas for multiple businesses, this episode is going to be perfect for you. Nikki has three businesses, and even since this conversation, things have changed within her businesses. So you know what that means. We're going to have to have her back on very soon. I look forward to having you listen in on the following conversation with Nikki. And I truly do hope that you enjoy the show. Well, Nikki, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur's Think Tank. I cannot wait to dive into your journey. Um, I want to start with the first inevitable question. Tell us about yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so I am Nikki Taylor. My government name is Nikidra Taylor. And uh, I have several different things going on. I have a PR firm called Nikki Taylor PR, and I work primarily with nonprofit organizations, um, helping them with communication plans and social media and copywriting. Uh, I also co-own or co-found a subscription box, which is called Bella Boss Box, and it's a subscription box for Black women-owned businesses And we send it out quarterly and it's basically um, to help them, whether it's through strategy. Um, Our our tagline is mind, spirit or body, mind, spirit strategy. And so uh, we send it out quarterly and it helps just kind of with the basics of running a business and things like that. It's more so we gear it more towards the um, women who have been in business for probably between five to 10 years and they're just looking to level up. And so that's Bella Boss. And I uh, co-found that with my partner. Her name's Nikita Pope. And then also (laughs) we're getting ready to start another business and um, it's going to be called Fairway Foodies. And we are, we just broke, um, we just signed all of the paperwork and we're getting ready to break ground on, um, the land that we bought, it's about three acres, but we're going to build out probably about one acre right now. And it'll be a food truck park and miniature golf course. And it's planned to open, we're going to do a soft launch probably uh, around late, no, Memorial Day. And then the actual grand opening will be sometime in June. So those are the basics, or I should say the three entities that uh, I am working on right now. (laughs) 
Okay, so now you have to um, back up. Have you always been an entrepreneur or did you start out in corporate world or working for somebody else? I have. So, well, that's no, no one. Yes. So I have, I started off working in corporate um, and I did that for years, but I would say maybe mid-career, I decided that I wanted to do my own thing, but I was still working full-time. And so that's when I started Nikki Taylor PR. I've had it since 2008. And so, but I wasn't really in it like I wanted to be in it because, you know, you still have to pay the bills. And so I was working a full-time job and also doing that um, on the side and had a couple of clients here and there. And then I kept doing, you know, working a full-time job and I would dip and dab in Nikki Taylor PR but it wasn't probably until after I had my daughter. So we have three kids. After I had her, that I realized that no, I can actually do this full time and be okay. And so I started to set it up in a way where it was yes, this is going to be what you're going to do. Um, and at that point, I felt um, I wasn't, I was never really scared to really go into fully being an entrepreneur. Um, but I think that was that was more so because I always had a crutch of my husband working full time. Um, and so it was always in my mind that, OK, yeah, we can do it this way, but we still have something to lean on. And I think with entrepreneurship, um, it is tough because you're constantly thinking about ways to make money and support yourself or support your family or and support those loved ones. Um, but I don't think until you fully dive into it that you see how it can flourish. Um, because outside of that, you, you're going to constantly be trying to work and do the other. So it's not until you really jump into it that I see that you can get reap the rewards of being an, an entrepreneur. So uh, think back to when you first went full time. What was that first few months like? Well, I had just had a child, so um, it was a lot, but I knew that it's almost like you have this inside power where it's like, okay, you know you have to make money, so you do what you need to do, um, and you set it up in a way like, okay, you're constantly thinking of ways to, for me, it's clients. So what clients can I go after? And I started with the people that I knew. Um, one of my first clients was somebody that came to an event I hosted and ended up saying, oh, we want to hire you to do this. So um, it was a lot, but I always have had, I think, when you're an entrepreneur, you always have the drive to just always keep going and looking. And now you do get tired um, because with a nine to five, you don't have to necessarily work as hard at getting paid because you're automatically going to get paid every two weeks or whatever the cadence is. So with entrepreneurship, you might get paid once a month. You might get paid in the beginning and then you get paid when the, the project concludes. So um, I just knew that, that that is what I was stepping into. So I had to make adjustments. And as long as you are okay with making those adjustments, I think you'll be fine.
So with this first business, what were one or two of the biggest challenges when you started? Um, I would say with the PR business, one of the challenges was just how to get the clients and how to get them to recognize your role and the importance of your role. The thing about working in a service-based um, uh, business as opposed to something that's tangible like a brick and mortar is that people don't understand the value of it. They don't get it because they can't necessarily see it. It's not like going to a store and you buy the goods and you see the value because you were able to get the goods. Service-based um, businesses, you really have to, I think in some instances, you have to sell yourself a little bit more because people have to understand what you bring to the table. And so that was a little bit hard. And just knowing where to look for clients, um, you know, you can go to the people that you know, and they may say, okay, yes. But outside of that, how do you reach the people that are really going to pay you um, what you're worth? And then the, I think the other thing was figuring out how much I was worth. Uh, I think that's hard because, again, it's service-based, so you can't really put a dollar amount to it because obviously we all think that we're great at what we do. But how much, how much should we be charging for our services? It's I think that's a big issue for uh, many of us, mm -hmm. um, thinking about pricing and what's that pricing strategy and what you can get. Yeah. Um, I, I found that myself in just when do I raise prices because my yeah. um, experience has increased. Right. You know, and what can you get? So, I mean, pricing from the beginning is a challenge. And then even throughout the business, I found has been a challenge. Yeah. And the thing too, is that um, with pricing is that it needs to change with, with, the experiences that you provide and how long you've been in business, it shouldn't just remain one price from the start to the finish because the more clients you bring in and you're able to work with, the more you should be charging because it shows that you do know what you're doing. And with just with any job that you have, just a job, you should always go into it thinking that every year you're and you should be increasing unless something happens, but it's the same, it's the same um, setup. It's like, you know, this is how much it was this year. And now I'm going up in my prices. Um, and that's just more so just with, if you just think about the cost of living, it doesn't go down, it goes up. So why shouldn't your pricing? I don't see, I'm not saying like an astronomical increase, but you need to keep up with inflation. Right. So, market rate. Yeah. So why wouldn't you go up in your pricing? And I actually just learned that, honestly, uh, probably about two, two years, three since COVID. And I kept saying, you know, well, I need to go up in my prices. And, you know, with working with nonprofits, you always had a fine line because they are a nonprofit. So I'm not going to charge a nonprofit what I would charge a corporate entity. It just it is what it is. That's why they have that luxury, if you will, of getting a lower rate. But um, yeah, I had to come to a conclusion like, no, you need to go up on the pricing because um, your value increases with every year. So why wouldn't you do that? Um, and I <laughs> went up on my prices. I've seen a 
a um there was this there was like a graphic going around that I saw and it said um charge worth what you're worth and add tax and it's like yeah that's good so tell us what it was like to blend in a second business when you <laughs> blended in the um this uh subscription service what was that like um well interestingly enough um it wasn't too complicated i have always so i think it's almost like there are things that you want to do so you make room for them right and so when my friend called me and was saying hey i was thinking about a subscription box um, I said, oh, really? What are you thinking about this subscription box? And she described it to me and I said, I'm in. And she was like, really? And I said, yeah, I am in. That sounds awesome. And we started with, you know, it just, it being not just, but it being a subscription box for women. And I said, what about black women? And she was said, yes, let's do it. Long story. That's pretty much how the conversation started. She called I was on the treadmill. She um, told me about it. And I said, I want to be a part of it. The next thing I know, she's putting a date on my calendar. And we're a year later. That, that's how it started. And I, you know, we enjoy it a lot. It's, um, we feel very passionate about it. So to have it in to fold it into what I already was doing. It wasn't a huge lift because I had a partner. Now I would have never, and she will say this too, I would have never done this by myself because with the subscription box, there are a lot of moving pieces and we are, we're starting to grow. Um, and so there are things that you're constantly move, you're thinking about. And we were gonna do it every other month and we did a survey amongst women and they said a quarterly one would be nice. Thank God, because doing one every other month. I, I already can imagine like just sourcing the products or what you're going to put in the box. And then I already shipping. have a lot of gray hair, right? I would have had no hair because it is a lot just doing it on the quarterly basis, basis trying to get the products did you know the what are the um customers saying coming up with the themes do we have this um we yeah it was a lot but we wanted to do it we feel very passionate about women but in particular black women in business because we are taking over and um so we felt like this was the great time and we were launching it during a pandemic so it was very it wasn't even i think what made it um, easier in quotes, right, is that we had each other um, and we are, we bounce things off of each other. We work very well together. Nikita by trade is in branding and she can look at it and all the graphics are um, done by her. And she's very good at that in color schemes. I'm more on the communication side. So I'll develop, you know, when we were doing, when we were launching the website, she was on graphics, I was on content. And so it works together and we're both very um, meticulous and detailed um, to the point when we get products in, if we don't you know, like the feel of it or if it, we're like, no, nah, we're not gonna use that. Because um, with subscription boxes, 
you know, the value comes in the presentation. It could be something inexpensive, but the subscribers wouldn't know that because of the way that you present it. So, um, and they may or they may not, but presentation is everything in that business. And just knowing um, when you need to say, no, that's not really going to fit for us. Um, and just having items that are of a good quality. Uh, and, and that's the one thing that we strive for is that, you know, what is the quality of it and how does it look? How does it feel? And if it doesn't look or feel right, we are now, now that's okay. And the interesting thing is that uh, that's kind of a part of who we are, are, are anyway. We're not people who are, you know, I, I have this term that I use and um, a lot is that, you know, quality doesn't cost, it pays. So if you have good quality in everything that you do, whether it's a subscription box, whether it's you're going to open this or you're going to do that, the quality is going to pay you because people will remember, oh, that was a really nice. And we've had plenty of people tell us your boxes are really well done. Now, hopefully that will transfer into more subscribers. Um, but, you know, it is very important to us to make sure that when you receive the box, you um, are like, wow, this is very well done and it's very well um, put together. And that took some time to get there in the sense of just ordering the boxes, getting the right shipping materials. What colors do we want? I mean, we thought through all of that, even down to the name. We took a survey among women and asked them to, to pick. We, I think we had like five names that were in the running and we had them pick the name. So, because we wanted to make sure that it would resonate, we can think what we think, but it's not really about us, even though we are the demographic, she and I, because we own businesses, but what is it that the customer is going to want? And that's, that's what it is. That's what it's about is, is what does the customer want? Yeah. And it's such a, well, what I thought was like a different model from your main business, but I like how you've connected the dots so that it's not really conceptually different, but the uh, logistics may be a little bit different. Um, so how have, um, have you had supply issues or challenges? Um, I'd be curious to hear so much about it now with the pandemic. Yeah, there were, um, you know, one of the things we have learned with the box is um, you're never really off, even though you only ship quarterly. Um, so as soon as we finish one, we're, we're thinking of the next one and we try to get everything in, in a timely fashion so that we're not bumped up against our deadlines. But yes, there are, there have been some issues, but not anything that jeopardizes us, um, because we kind of have it where, where there's a window when we ship out to our subscribers and it's usually the middle to the latter part of the month. So, um, so it, it hasn't really created any issue um, per se with, you know, the shipping. Uh, most of the time we try to work with local people, meaning within the United States. Um, when you start to get into international waters and shipping and stuff, one, it's costly. And two, it takes longer. And sometimes, honestly, as with any business, you're up against the wall. So you're not going to have the opportunity to look into products that are overseas because 
you have a two week window to get them in. And that's just a, a, a month window is not going to work for you. So a lot of times, first, the first thing we try to do is look for people that are local. And then secondly, we prefer, you know, we like to work with women of color um, because that's what our box is about. It's about black women. So if we can put in the box products that are by them, that's who we go to. And what we have found is, you know, when you work in a capacity where it's for black women by black women, um, we usually start with the smaller businesses. So, and they will work with you. They, one, they are happy to be able to provide a product for the box um, because then it puts them out there. And then two, um, it's just a good feeling. Why wouldn't I want to be a part of it? And so that's where we really start. And we've had really good success with the vendors um, that we use. We try to keep, we try to support people that look like us because that's what the box is about. So we want to start there and we haven't had any issues. Um, it's when we have to buy items that are, you know, not necessarily made by what we're trying to put in the box. So we have to go through a different type of um, organization, but for the most part, we haven't had any problems. That's great. So now you're folding in a third business that's <laughs> in its infancy. Where did the idea come from and, and why yet another business? <sighs> um, so the third business came out of this pandemic and um, my husband and our neighbor, they were working out, you know, no one was going to a gym because you couldn't go to the gym. So we um, we have a gym in our basement. And so they would talk and, hey, what do you think about this? Da, 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 da. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm thinking maybe we should do this. And so uh, my husband, Rich, says, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, oh, that actually might work. And then the next thing I know, we're starting the paperwork. Now, we, before starting this third business, um, we actually owned a barbershop. And um, during the pandemic, we decided to go ahead and sell it and move on um, because, you know, the beauty business as with every other business has suffered with the pandemic, you know, um, those customer mortar, brick and mortar type businesses have suffered because people are not, they've gone online or they figured out other means. Right. And so we were at the point we had it for six years and we were at the point of, do we keep it or do we move on? And we decided to move on from it. And that was fine. Um, one of the barbers took over and we were happy with that. And so it was, the itch was there, right? Because you've owned something. Now you're ready to move to the next. And so we decided that we were going to move forward and we were going to do, um, I think in the first stages, it was just going to be a food truck park. But then later on, it was like, well, we need to add some other element to it. And that's what we came up with the miniature golf course. So it's, um, like I said, we just really got through all of the paperwork recently, and now we're starting on breaking the ground for it. And this is probably the biggest project we have ever 
ton because there are so many pieces that have to go into it from breaking the ground to um, permitting, uh, making sure that uh, if we have to hire staff, um, there's going to be a lot that goes into it. But uh, I don't think it's too daunting for us because we have already kind of been down that road with having a barbershop and that we had to build out. That was in a brand new um, shopping center, if you will. And so we had to build that out. So this is not anything new. It's just at a, on a much larger scale. So um, I think that we're excited about it. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work, but we've hired, you know, we got the right people. We're just moving, trucking right along, <laughs> food trucking right along. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, y'all, you guys will all hear about it eventually. Um, but, yeah, it's been a, it has been a ride. But, you know, I think the thing about being an entrepreneur and having businesses and all of that is that you don't mind because it's yours. It's your entity. And you are fine with staying up until two and three o'clock in the morning to figure out something or you have to at the you know job of a dime have to go to the site and make sure that so and so you know like it's yours so of course you're gonna do what you have to do um and so and it's it's rewarding because you don't report to anybody you report to yourself so everything so the is success on, of it rises and falls on you guys exactly. it really is and so and you know we don't fail. So we, we, we learn, but we don't, we're not going to fail. So with every step, it's been a learning, you know, a learning process for us. And, you know, it's myself, my husband, and we have two partners with us. And that's the good thing is that um, it's not just the two of us and we all lean upon each other. You have this piece of it. I have this, you do that. And we kind of, we have been dividing and conquering all of the to-dos that go with building this out. Well, I can't wait to see how this comes to fruition. I think we could probably do a whole podcast on just that one alone. Yes. Um, all the nuances. So you'll definitely have to join us again as this is, um, as this starts becoming even more of a reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to ask, how do you balance it all? Mom, wife, multiple businesses, what's your tricks or keys or secrets to balancing it all? Um, you know, I have every day I, well, every week I write out a list of the things, literally write out the things that I need to get done. And if I don't get them done, I just move it to the next week. Honestly, um, most of my days are filled for the, up until about three o'clock. That's when my kids get out of school. So after that, unless it's imperative that I need to be doing something, um, I pretty much cut off at that point because I, when they come home, it's homework, it's dinner, it's how was your day, it's all this other stuff. Um, the other thing I think with balance and, and that is that I have family who really help um, and friends who really can, who can tell that, oh, we need to get away or, 
what are you doing on Saturday? Maybe we should go have some lunch. Like I have friends um, who can kind of feel my um, discomfort, if that's the word, uh, when I'm feeling kind of like, oh my God, this is a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some overwhelming days. Um, but I think what I have learned is that um, one, you have to lean upon people to help you. Don't feel like you have to do it all yourself. And the other thing I've learned is that I have to delegate, learning to delegate and um, ask people for the help or either tell them that you're going to need them to help you. Um, and there are certain people that you can tell in your life, like, no, I need you to, and they get it. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that is really what helps me. Now, yes, there are days where I'm like, I wish I didn't have all of this stuff <laughs> because it is a lot. Um, but in the same breath, I'm like, I'm glad that I have all of this because a lot of people may not ever experience owning and operating businesses. And that's not to say anything about others, but um, I have to learn to be thankful for what I am able to do and the opportunities that come across um, my desk or, you know, come into my life um, because there will be people that won't experience it and they would like to. So I have to kind of take a step back um, to be able to own my time. You know, I don't have to um, really report into anybody. I don't have to. And that comes at a cost, obviously, because like I said, income is not always every two weeks or whatever. But in, in the same breath, um, I own my time. So if I need to go to my kid's school and pick them up because they're sick, I don't have to figure out how I'm going to do that. I just go and do it. That's it, you know, and so, it, you know, it, it comes, you know, there are times when you're like, man, I don't know. But then there are other times I think the rewards are more important and the gains for me. And so that's why I feel so strongly about um, being an entrepreneur and owning, you know, businesses, because um, it's just a good feeling at the end of the day and then setting the example for our kids um, them yeah, and that kind of dovetails into my next question is what keeps yeah. you motivated. Yeah. And that, that's what, I mean, my daughter knows about Bella boss and she's six. She knows she helps. Like when we have to pack the boxes, they're all down helping us pack the boxes. And a friend of mine laid it out to me. She said, do you understand what you are providing to her? And I, you know, when you're in it, you don't see that because you're just working. You're, Let's get the boxes out. She's like, no, but she's watching you. She's exposed. Yeah, she is watching that. And even your even your boys are seeing the things that you and your family are doing. And they're seeing that. So you're planting those seeds. But I guess, you know, from the from the inside of it, I'm just like, I'm just getting the work done. I trying to pay the bill, like paying the bills, but I don't I've never looked at it. And that and through that lens. And so when she said it to me, I was like, oh, I never even really thought about it. She's like, yes, you are. You're providing them something that um, some people can't do one and two. They're just you're you're planting that seed that, yes, you can do this. You can own your own business 
you, yes, it takes a lot. Yes, sometimes we have to be away. Yes, we're on calls. Like, you know, my, my kids are like, oh gosh, you have another call, mom? Like, oh, and I'm like, do you understand why I'm having these calls? It's so that you have a place to live in so that you, you know, so we can give you these things. It's not just me talking, but I'm doing this for all of us. Mommy and dad are doing these things for you guys so that you have certain things that we did not have or that you see certain things that we did not see at your ages. So, um, but I think that that's what it motivates me is to be able to have the flexibility and be able to do certain things um, with them and provide certain things um, for them that I may have necessarily didn't have. Now, that's not to say that my parents didn't provide for me, but at their ages, they have seen things that I didn't see until later in life. And that's always what you want to be able to provide for your kids is that their experience and they get they, they experience things um, do you always want to make it better for them than what right. you had? Right. That's, you know, the, that's, goal. that's yeah. the goal is that you want it to be better for them. And that's not a dig at your parents or your life. Cause I had a great life. I had a great life. My mom and my dad, you know, they exposed me to great things, but you always want to level up for mm -hmm. your own kids. And yeah. that's, I think that's what keeps me going. So what does the future hold for your companies? Where do you see yourself one year, three years, five years from now? Oh, man, I would say one year from now, I know I'm still going to be in the trenches that I'm going to say the next three to five years, I'll probably be in the trenches, making sure that we are at a point. Um, I'd say at the fifth year, things, I'd say between the third and the fifth year, I'm thinking at least for fairway, that will be at a good point where it's kind of just automatic. Things already are flowing and we don't have to be as hands-on. That would be the hope. Um, Nikki Taylor PR, you know, um, I kind of, that comes and goes um, with clients and stuff. So I kind of have that down to a rhythm. Um, Bella Boss, hopefully we have a lot more subscribers and we're at the point where we can kind of hand off some things to another entity, meaning the packaging and all of that, that we're not having to do that. Like that's handed off to another company. And we're just kind of at the um, 50,000 view. That would be the goal. Um, and so I think past that point, I'd like to get to, I mean, you're always going to be in your business because um, it is your business, but I like to get to a point where I am not as involved um, because I have people who handle the pieces for me and I just kind of direct. That would be awesome so that I could be off on my island, on my laptop, directing them from my island. That would be the goal. That's the goal. Clear yes. water. Yes. And island life. Mm hmm And still have these other things running behind the scenes. Yeah. So how do people get in touch with you? If they wanted to work with you, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, the best way is probably through either um, Nikki Taylor PR or I would say that one. Um, Bella Boss also. Fairway is just, like you said, in its infancy stages. So we're just starting that. 
Um, so for Nikki Taylor, you can you can go to NikkiTaylorPR.com and that's um, Nikki with one K. So N-I-K-I-T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-R.com or you can email me at Nikki, Nikki at NikkiTaylorPR.com. So that's the first one. Or you can just go through the website. It comes to me. Um, Bella Boss is the same Bella Boss Box, and that's Bella B E L L A, and then BossBox.com. And you can reach us through the website. Um, there's a contact, um, or you can email me at um, Nikki at BellaBossBox.com. And Nikki again, N I K I at BellaBossBox.com. So those are the main things, um, how main ways you can contact us, or you can go through our social media. Um, I don't have social for Nikki Taylor PR. I'm kind of revamping that. Um, but you can always find us through IG on Bella Boss. Um, it's Bella Boss Box. And you go in and you'll see us either on Facebook. I think we're on Twitter also and um, Instagram. So that's how you can reach me. Or you can just send smoke signals, whichever you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you have multiple businesses, multiple ways to get in touch, but we'll link um, those in the show notes so that people can go and um, click there um, for ease. And thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you sharing a piece of your journey and we look forward to watching the growth. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Very excited. <laughs>that you have enjoyed this episode of entrepreneurs think tank we know the journey of entrepreneurship is not easy but when you dive into the think tank we hope to make your experience a little better than it may have been until next week enjoy the journey